When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. There is nothing I love more than an amazing meal with high-quality meat cooked at home because... Let's be honest, eating out is so expensive. And you also know that eating out is the number one budget buster. That is why I am so glad I found ButcherBox. ButcherBox is a premium meat subscription service dedicated to delivering high-quality, grass-fed and grass-finished beef, organic chicken, pork-raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood directly to your doorstep with free shipping always. You even get exclusive member deals, recipes, and a variety of high-quality cuts at an amazing price. New users will receive their choice of two pounds of ground beef, three pounds of chicken thighs, or one pound of premium steak tips for a year. Use code ETM and get $20 off your first box at ButcherBox.com. Last night, we made a beef stew with meat from ButcherBox, and you can taste the difference. It was so satisfying and delicious. And all of our friends that were over for a dinner party, they raved at how good it was. So do yourself a favor and eat better this year with the best meat and seafood on the planet delivered to your door. ButcherBox is offering my listeners their choice of a weeknight meal essential. Three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a year. Plus, get $20 off your first order. Sign up today at butcherbox.com etm and use code ETM to choose your free offer and get $20 off. You can read hundreds of articles, listen to podcasts until your ears tell you to stop, take courses and workshops and more. But if you want to start to change your money situation, you've got to start by creating small financial habits. We'll uncover the how and the what in this episode with money and career expert, Tori Dunlap. You're listening to Millennial Money with award-winning money expert and serial entrepreneur, Shauna Compton-Game, where we flip the script on the old school approach to everything your parents never taught you about money. Each week, Shauna creates a safe space by talking with special guests from around the world about money wellness, entrepreneurship, traveling like a boss, and what makes millennials tick. Unique stories, trailblazing perspectives, tips, tricks, and everything there is to know about money. Find it all here as you uncover your money story and unlock the life you want to live. Pretty cool, right? Here's Shauna, money expert, Indiana Hoosier, and burger aficionado. Happy spring. Can you believe we are already in spring? I think my favorite part of spring is that you can really start to see change. Flowers bloom, the sun is out, it's starting to get warm outside. All the good stuff starts to happen. And speaking of change, are you ready to be better with your money every day? Not next year, not in five years, but right now. If you're shaking your head yes, this episode will certainly be in your top five. 
You might recognize the name Tori from a previous Millennial Money episode that she was on a few years ago, but if you haven't met Tori yet, she's got a great story. After saving $100,000 at the age of 25, Tori quit her corporate job in marketing and founded her first 100K to fight financial inequality by giving women actionable resources to be better with their money. She's helped over 1 million women negotiate salaries, pay off debt, build savings, and invest and more. And in this episode, she's going to leave you with actionable tips for how you can create small financial habits and literally win each and every day. Here we go. Well, Tori, I am so happy to have you back on the podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It's been it's been a while since I've been here, so I'm, ha- right? I'm thrilled to be on. So much yeah. has changed. <laughs> I, I think you were under a, a previous alias last time, so. Oh, it might have been my Victory Media days before I yes. rebranded. Right? Yeah. It's been a while. So that's been two years, three years. Wow. That's a long Easily. Time. I, have, I have completely lost track of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, time is an illusion at this point. Right, right. Well, gosh, we have we have so much to talk about. Uh, I love having other awesome women money experts on the show because we always just have such a great time. And I wanted to talk a little bit about obviously last year was tough for so many of us. This year is starting out tough for so many of us. And even if things went like, quote unquote, okay, there's still a lot of like mental baggage, anxiety, stress, all of those really scary emotions around money. And you do a lot of uh, great motivational, I don't even know the right word, but you you talk to your audience in such a way that really helps people feel like things are okay. So what sort of self-talk should we have with ourselves about our finances right now, like particularly if things aren't going as well as we want them to? Yeah, I think the biggest thing, regardless of whether it's global pandemic or not, is to offer yourself some grace. There's so much shame and judgment in the personal finance space. And there's so many people who are telling you that the reason you're not rich is because of your own actions, right? This lack of acknowledgement of systemic oppression and just shame and judgment and making you feel bad about your money and bad about your decisions. And not only is that not helpful, it's not kind, especially right now. It's not very kind. And one of the best things that you can do for yourself in your own money journey is learn to let any of that shit from the past go. Learning that, okay, what's in the past is in the past. I just have to move forward and allowing yourself grace while you learn how to move forward. Because that's the other thing is we just, uh, society somehow just expects us to magically know how to money, right? And we <laughs> right. don't we don't think about that with anything else. We don't come out of the womb being like, yes, I, now I know how to play the violin and speak fluent Italian, right? We don't have this experience, but we've been, we've been kind of indoctrinated to believe, oh, I should just magically know all that I need, need to know about, you know, how to stay out of debt or how to get out of debt, how to budget, how to invest. And the truth is, is it, it just like learning anything else, this thing takes time and it takes being uncomfortable. So offering yourself some grace, letting go of that shame and judgment, and also approaching this as something that you're learning that's brand new. So giving yourself the grace to be in that kind of uncomfortable learning stage as you progress in your financial life. I do have to say that I think it would be pretty awesome if there was like a chip we could implant in our brains and suddenly know a foreign language. (laughs) Oh, I would pay really good money for that chip. 
right? Exactly. Really you, good money. Yeah. You and me both. I think <laughs> like anybody who says they can speak three or four languages, I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I have a couple different people now in my life who are, yeah, polyglot, you know, times a couple. And it's pretty amazing. And I would love to be one of those people. But it's funny, right? Because I would love to speak another language, but I'm like, oh God, I don't want to do the work, right? <laughs> and that's that's everything when it comes right. to learning anything is I can't just magically be good with money, magically know fluent French, magically know how to play the cello. All of these things take work and they take, again, being comfortable and being a little freaked out and a little intimidated by the subject, but they they get better with time. Yeah. And I think really piggybacking on what you said, I mean, there are so many articles, podcasts, books, et cetera, that tell us that we need to be in like X place with our money by X age. Right. And I get so many listener questions of understandably feeling really ashamed that you're not in that, you know, that position. And I call, of course, bullshit on most of that. But yeah. What are your thoughts about like measuring ourselves against a checklist or other people? Because I feel especially with money, that's what happens. And it's like, how do we break out of that? I think because there's so much uh, shame and non-transparency around money that we feel like anytime we can be a voyeur into somebody else's money, mm. somehow it enlightens us, Right. I think because we're not having these conversations, unfortunately, in society and because money is taboo, anytime somebody does talk about money, it's like, oh, well, I need to see how I fit in. Uh, I think if we were more radically talking about money, we would realize that, yeah, there's people who are doing well. There's also people who are struggling with certain elements of, you know, their financial lives. And this whole metric of like having whatever saved by 30 and having this amount saved for retirement by X age, I like to say personal finance is personal. (laughs) It's entirely personal to your own life and to your own goals. And, you know, there are certain metrics that can help you, uh, you know, become hopefully motivated. And that's the difference, right, is I I want people looking at these metrics and not feeling bad about themselves, but maybe feeling motivated instead of like, okay, I know that this isn't a one-size-fits-all equation, and I know that it's okay if I'm not, you know, $500,000 by 30 or whatever the crazy number is now, but maybe that'll motivate you to get $300,000, right, or $200,000 or whatever that looks like. So that's the other thing when you hear a lot of these money stories. Like even mine, you know, my her first 100 k kind of was birthed out of this, this goal of saving $100,000 at 25, and most people are not able to do that, right? And for me, it was a combination of privilege with hard work. Um, And I'm the first to acknowledge, you know, both of those pieces. But it's very easy, of course, to look at my story and be like, oh, God, and completely demotivated, right? Uh, I'm never going to do that. I didn't do that. I'm past 25. Like, who is this person, right? There, We can also look at people's stories and go, okay, what did she do that I could replicate? Oh, she started investing. Okay, cool. Well, I could start investing. Or she focused on, you know, value categories, on only spending money on things that she really liked as opposed to trying to spend money, you know, on a bunch of different things. Okay, I might be able to replicate that. So when you're reading these articles about, you know, this person saves this amount or you should have this amount invested by this age, um, it should never be something that makes you feel bad about yourself, right? <laughs> it it Again, you have to offer yourself the grace to understand that, you know, everybody's on their own journey and that maybe these articles can be there to either motivate you or teach you something um, as opposed to, you know, making you feel like shit. And I think with money, that's such a great point because if we can find even 
the tiny bit of positive (laughs) in somebody else's story and attach onto it. And like you said, even if it's, I'm not at that place, but what could I do today? What could, what change could I make or what thing could I learn about? Like, that's just such a better mindset to put yourself in. But I know it's hard because we just, I think it's human nature, right? We just compare and uh, it's, it sometimes doesn't make us feel too, too great. And you've talked about this idea of, I can't remember the exact words you use, but radically talking about money, because that is obviously yeah. something that you do. That's something that I try to do with this podcast and so many other of us that are out there really championing this fight to you. What does that look like? If we, if we radically did talk about money, what sort of changes would happen? Oh, I mean, everything is different. Everything is different. So The narrative that money is taboo, that talking about money is taboo, that talking about money is gauche or impolite, this is a narrative that's perpetuated by the patriarchy. The patriarchy, who are these straight white men who are already rich and who already have power, are telling us to not talk about money because they profit off of our silence, right? They profit off of the fact that we're not having these conversations because they are. They are having these conversations. They are bettering their money and building their wealth. And the more that they tell us, whether that's, you know, women or another marginalized group, people of color, LGBTQ people, differently abled people, right? The more that they tell us, okay, don't talk about money. Money's taboo. The more financial agency that we lose Mm, and the less power we have. So my one of my my main you know core tenets of my platform is how do we have radically transparent conversations about money so that not only you know we're working to fight the patriarchy and fight systemic oppression but we're also unveiling and releasing this shame that comes with isolation yeah. because when you have when you're not talking about money right when you have these experiences that feel isolated to you the shame starts to fester. Shame lives in shadow. And the more you start having conversations with other people, you realize, oh, I'm also, in, you know, this other person's also struggling with student loans, or this other person is also, you know, too afraid to get started investing, or this other person has also been able to save this amount of money. So when you start having these conversations, it is a one of the best forms of protest we have is, you know, building a financial education, building our, our financial foundations. And in addition, it creates this community of people who are passionate about this thing where shame does shame and judgment don't have a place because you've created a community where people are able to ask, you know, quote unquote, stupid questions, where people are there to support one another and there to go like, oh, me too, right? That's also my experience. So I think that that's one of the ways we can start to change how, you know, the the inequality, the wealth inequality in in America and beyond, one of the ways we can change, you know, who has money and who has power, as well as who holds the like emotional power of money. If we have more conversations, if we give people more spaces to uh yeah, to to join in discussions with each other. I think everything starts to change. When we get more money into more women's hands, every part of our society starts to change because you have options when you have money. You have choices. You have the ability to leave toxic situations you don't want to be in anymore. Um, this is a quick side note, but uh, 99% of domestic violence cases have some sort of financial abuse tied to them. Wow. And when you hear a stat like that, you're like, of course you need financial agency, right? Of course. Of course, this is necessary to, you know, our equality picture. So 
you know, you get more one more excuse me, you get more money into more women's hands. Yeah, they can leave toxic situations. They can donate to causes they believe in. They can start businesses. They can have kids or not have kids or travel or retire early, right? All of these options open up to you. And so that's, I mean, that's my business ethos. That is what her first 100K is, is how do we get more money into more women's hands in a way that is anti-shame, anti-judgment, and as a form of protest against an inequitable society? And I think that it that is just so powerful. I mean, you probably have so many of these examples, but I'm thinking of one just recent I had with a friend who was in a relationship that was no longer serving her. It's COVID. She didn't really know what to do. But luckily, she had just sold a house and had a nice chunk of change and was able to make a change. Otherwise, she wouldn't have been able to make make that change. She would have been financially dependent on uh, her partner. And there's so many examples of that. I mean, that's obviously a, a larger example, but there's so many examples of it in all sorts of situations where women just feel stuck. And then I think we also don't want to obviously talk about the negative stuff, but I think we need to talk about the challenges around money or the things that didn't go well, or those times we made an investment and ah, that wasn't the best one, because that also brings the humanity of it. If we're just talking about the good stuff, the buying the house, buying the car, buying the shoes, whatever that is, that's just one-sided view of money. And so I think what you're saying, what I love is it's let's have all the conversations. Oh, yeah. And it and it makes you, of course, feel less alone. And also, if we're going to be transparent, we're going to be transparent about our wins. We're also going to be transparent about our not wins, right? Our our losses, <laughs> the the failures, the things we wish we did differently. Um, yeah, I'm the first person to acknowledge that, you know, largely I've done pretty well in my personal finance journey, both because of hard work and because, you know, I had the privilege of a financial education from my parents. You know, I was committed to teaching myself about money pretty early on. Um, I've also made some mistakes. You know, I've made I've made uh, money mistakes. I took a job for the money that ended up being super toxic that I had to quit without another job lined up and then spent three months unemployed, right? I, you know, there, there's so many of those that we realize as we start talking about money, like, yes, we celebrate our wins. We also talk about things we wish we did, would have done differently or things that we, that we do differently now that we know better. Um, and I think all of these conversations are important for, again, having having people feel less alone with their money right. and also giving them giving them a guide and giving them actionable resources to feel like they can own their own financial life. Listen, if you've been using Mint to manage your money, I have got some news for you. First, the bad news. As you might know, Mint is shutting down for good. But the good news well, there is a way better alternative that is a personal favorite of mine, Monarch Money. And I'm not the only lover of Monarch Money. Many Mint users are turning to Monarch Money and just raving about it. I used to manage my money with an Excel spreadsheet. I know, so archaic, and it was so time consuming. I tried all of the apps, but I just didn't find one I liked until I found Monarch. And I've got to tell you a secret. Monarch is so easy to use with a very intuitive design. You can even collaborate with your partner and you can customize Monarch for whatever your needs are. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com ETM. Let's go back to the collaboration bit. 
Because we know money is a leading cause of divorce and breakups, Monarch has built-in collaboration fixtures so you can invite your partner at no extra cost. You can see all your finances, make a budget together, get insights on your cash. Yes, cue the confetti. There will literally not be any more arguments over money. And if you've been frustrated with personal finance apps that are cluttered with ads, difficult to use, or rarely updated, so was Monarch. They built a new kind of personal finance app that's intuitive and powerful, ad-free, and constantly improving based on customer feedback. Monarch has a tool that allows you as well to easily import your data from Mint. You can keep all of your tags and all of your categories. After trying Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash ETM for your extended 30-day free trial. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Financial anxiety, anyone? Yeah, you're not alone. But worrying about it, it doesn't help. Earnin does. Earnin is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. You just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 per day as you work and leave an additional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So how would you spend the money you get from Earnin? Well, honestly, my hubby and I have been feeling a little bit disconnected lately. That's what happens after you've been together about 12 years. So I would spend the money on a special date night with dinner and maybe bowling you know, to bring back some of that giggly excitement that we both felt at the beginning. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability, security, gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Talkin, T-A-L-K-A-N, money under podcast when you sign up. It will really help the show. Talkin money under podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. I'm Samantha Cole host of the new season of Understood, The Pornhub Empire. Over the course of four episodes, I'll tell you how a horny YouTube knockoff in Canada came to dominate the porn world, only to shatter their cheeky reputation in a massive scandal. The Pornhub Empire is a new season of Understood from the CBC. Available now wherever you get your podcasts. We've got an Ask Shauna from Bethany, and she says, I made too much to contribute to my Roth IRA. I have the bulk of my retirement savings in a traditional IRA. I read that I could continue to contribute up to $7,000 a year into the traditional, no matter what my income is. But in 2020, my employer started offering a 401k, but they don't match. 
So what I contribute to the traditional IRA will not be tax deductible. So my question is, since my employer doesn't match and whatever I put in my 401k will just be starting out, so a small amount of money, should I continue to do that, contribute to my 401k, or should I put money into my IRA? Curious what your thoughts are. Well, that is a great question, Bethany, and I'm so glad you asked it because I think so many people are in this scenario. And I will tell you there isn't a quote unquote right way of doing this. So feel free to take a little breath and just know that either scenario you choose is still going to be a good choice. I think so often we get so churned up in the idea of needing to make the perfect money choice that we just don't make any choice at all. And so I want to try and take a little pressure off of you and let you know there isn't a bad way of thinking about this. Here are a couple of my thoughts. One, the 401k, you are going to get a tax deduction, which does lower your taxable income over contributing to the IRA. So that is definitely one point in your favor. I'm I'm a fan of any time I can lower my taxable income, so that might be something worth considering, even if you're just starting out in the 401k. You can also contribute more to your 401k than you can the IRA. So right now, in 2021, you can contribute up to $19,500 in your 401k or $7,000 in your IRA. So if you think you're going to be able to contribute more than $7,000, in 2021, obviously the 401k would then be a better choice. And you can always keep your IRA well positioned in terms of your investments and then roll over your 401k to the IRA if you decide to leave your current job. That is always an option. And the same thing with your Roth. You can just keep the money well positioned according to your risk tolerance and that money will just continue to grow as well. So there's nothing wrong with having three pots of money growing, your 401k, where you're getting the tax deduction, your traditional IRA, as well as your Roth. Now, let's say you get in like the most amazing scenario where you can contribute the 19500 in your 401k and you still have extra money that you could contribute for retirement. Then you might consider looking at your traditional IRA to throw any excess funds in that. But again, no problem, I think, having these three different buckets. I mean, in the law of money, <laughs> I'm all about choices, different buckets of money. And again, if you leave your current job, you can just take that 401k then and roll it into your traditional IRA and keep that growing and kind of go forward from there. So hopefully that gave you a little direction, Bethany. And again, just remember, there isn't a right or wrong answer. <laughs> Any choice that you make will be a good choice. So listen, if you have an Ask Shauna question, I would love to hear from you. Head on over to the show notes. There's a little link there and it takes you right over to the section where you can ask an Ask Shauna question and I'm happy to keep you anonymous as well. I think that we are where we are. And that's what message I try to echo a lot on the show is you are where you are. We can't change the right. past. We can only change the future. So let's move forward, even though it's been a tough couple of years. And I get asked this question a lot. would love to hear your input. Thinking about that idea of moving forward, what are some ways we can build 
like even tiny, small financial habits that that we can stick to. How do we begin to to make that shift and make some of those changes? Yeah, I mean that's the first piece, and I love that the love that you asked this question because I think we often go, okay, we're going to get better with money. Okay, I need to save ten thousand dollars, <laughs> and I need to. Right. Uh, you know, pay off all of my student loans and I need to, you know, be able to buy a house. And we we start too big, right? We go way too big, way too fast. And that's the first thing is that if in order to get quote unquote good with money, you need to make sure that you are building those small financial habits. Make sure that you are you are figuring out how to be better with the money every single day rather than, you know, every year, every five years, breaking it down into bite-sized chunks, I think will be really helpful. Um, I, you know, for instance, I'm a spokesperson of coupons.com and they're a huge proponent, right, of like, how do you save money at the grocery store? You know, being able to have some of, you know, building good financial habits and just things that you do for your everyday life. So, okay, I go to the grocery store and I'm able to, you know, pull up the app on my phone and you know, scan some coupons and cool, I just saved money. And then what am I going to do with that money? Okay, I'm going to put it away or I'm going to use it, you know, for something that I actually like. And okay, that was a win today. What is my win tomorrow? Okay, maybe my win tomorrow is I sign up for a high yield savings account that I've been meaning to do for for weeks and weeks. And right, it, it compounds over time. And I think a lot of people think, okay, I'll get good with money when I have money. That doesn't make any sense. You get good with money when you, you know, you get money when you're good with money, right? Uh, you you can't wait to get good with money until you have money. That doesn't make, you won't get money. <laughs> so don't, if you want to build your wealth, if you want to have money, it means that you are learning and growing and building those small financial habits now rather than when someday, I guess you win the lottery, which the chances of that, right, are so slim. So yeah, it, I I hear that narrative a lot of, yeah, I'll invest when I figure it out, you know, or, or when I have more money and I'm making more money later, or I'll pay off debt, you know, and I'll figure out a plan for it, just not this week because I'm super busy. And I'm not asking you, again, to pay off all your debt in two seconds. That's not going to happen. But figure out these little tiny financial wins to not only, you know, get you saving money, get you one step closer to your goal, but also as like a pat on the back for you right? These small little tiny things that you can do are like, okay, that was that was a win. It was a tiny win, but it was a win and it's going to motivate me to keep going, right? Yeah, I saved money at the grocery store or I labeled my savings account or I transferred $20 today into savings. Like these are the tiny, small, little, little things that can accumulate over time and that literally like restructure your brain to go, okay, when I do something, you know, and I build good financial habits, this feels good. This is good for me. And so I, you can keep going and keep progressing towards your goals rather than looking at this like mountain of a goal and going like, how am I going to get there? Break it down into these bite-sized chunks and you'll feel better about yourself too. You'll see active progress doing it that way. And how do you figure out like what steps to take first? Is there a mm-hmm. way to guide somebody as you know, I don't want to give somebody a checklist because <laughs> I'm trying to get away from checklists <laughs> right. because I'm saying the checklist isn't important. But how would you guide someone in a direction to figure out what some of their their first small financial habits would be? Yeah. I mean, the fact that you're listening to this podcast is huge, right? That's a win. 
Um, and, and that is probably my first tip is make sure that you're getting financial advice from people you trust and who people, uh, and people who share your values, um, and people who make you feel good about yourself. I know that sounds ridiculous, but again, there's so many financial experts out there. One in particular who I will not name. Um, <laughs> I, I bet I can guess. <laughs> you probably guess who it is. I, I have a very kind of yes, public. Uh, yeah, I'm right there public, with you. Uh, uh, yeah. Disdain? It, not my, yeah, sure. I was going to say hatred, but that seems way too intense. Um, yeah, disdain's a great word. But, you know, this person in particular and some other people, they're very committed, right, to to not acknowledging systemic oppression and to making you feel bad about your choices and to tell you the reason that you're not rich is because you buy too many lattes. And, of course, we know that math doesn't work, and it's also shaming and judgmental bullshit. So, like, make sure you're getting your financial advice from people you like and people you trust. That's that's the big thing. Um and actually take their advice. Again, sounds so obvious, but I have, we have a million people now as part of the Her First 100K community, which is amazing. We have over a million people. And I get messages now like hourly from women about how, you know, they've taken my advice and 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 this community has helped them and that's been amazing. And I also have people who passively consume my content. And I'm sure you have people who, you know, tune in every once in a while to the episodes or, you know, passively consume your content as well. And if you are going to commit to getting better with money, I need you to actually commit. Because you and I, you know, this podcast and, and my platform, we work way too hard to give people advice and guidance for them to not take it. Like, right. I really want you to take it. I really want you to <laughs> take right this advice. It's right there for you. <laughs> right. I really, you know, we work really, really hard to make things accessible. And I really want people to be active players in their financial life. So whether that's scrolling through Instagram or, yeah, listening to a podcast or something like that, like, really make sure that you're taking this advice and, and saying, like, okay, how can I actually take action and apply this to my life? Um, the ostrich effect is real where you bury your head in the sand, right? And you act like your problems don't exist. And again, you think to yourself like, oh, I'll handle that later. Or, oh, I won't look at my bills because I'm too scared. And the truth is you got to get a little comfortable being uncomfortable. So that's probably my third thing is in addition to finding somebody you trust, actually taking their advice, don't be afraid of being uncomfortable for a while. Again, when you're learning anything new, it's going to be that period of uncomfortability where it just feels weird and you feel really vulnerable and that's okay. That's, that's, that's the, the practice that any of us have to go through when we're learning something new. So again, offer yourself grace and just get started, even if it is imperfect and, you know, look to people who you trust and we can guide you along that path as you go. And particularly with when it comes to finance, I mean, if there are so many acronyms, weird names for things. <laughs> yeah. If we're going to talk about investing, I, 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 I can understand how it sometimes makes my head roll. So I can understand how somebody else might have the same thing. And that might be a fear that that keeps you from moving forward. But we're both here to say that doesn't have to let that ha you don't have to let that happen. You can move yeah. forward. And even if you make a mistake, it's cool. It's okay. We'll just pick you up from that point and keep moving you forward. And Talking about these these small financial habits, this may seem like a really obvious question, but I always try to ask the why question a lot. Why does it matter to build these habits? Why would you even spend time really focusing on these things? Yeah. Um, well, let me zoom out and talk about habits in general. And I'm you know not a psychologist or anything, but I think we've all seen these articles and and read and heard about the power of continual habits, right? And I was actually talking to 
Um, I have an energy coach, which is something that a lot of people are, yeah, they're like an energy coach. But uh, I started working with her this year and we were talking just a couple hours ago about the fact that like, I know I need to meditate, but I can't seem to make it a habit. Right. And it's like, at some point I need to just sit down and do it again, even if it's uncomfortable, even if I'm sitting there and I'm like, God, this is so boring and I hate it. Like that's how we build habits over time. And I started doing this with journaling last year. I was, you know, kind of an off and on journaler. I'd kind of journal when I needed it. Now I journal every night. Nice. And I've missed a night here or there, but I've pretty much been journaling now pretty much every night for a full year. And I can see how much it has helped my life. I can actually see, you know, the changes it has made and me reflecting on my day, me being grateful, me manifesting the things that I want, me affirming myself and, and you know, just it's been so powerful in my life and it's something now I look forward to every night. It's something that, you know, as I've committed to every single day, even if it's just for two minutes, I journal. And that's the power of any habit, including financial habits, right? Is if we want to do something big, we can't go zero to 60 in two seconds. We have to start small. So if I want to meditate for an hour, I'm not going to be able to do that right off the bat. That's just not going to work. Uh, so instead I'm trying to meditate for 10 minutes a day, right? I'm trying to meditate for something that's short and small in order to build myself up, right? You don't climb Mount Everest on your first try. You climb tiny mountains to build your endurance, to feel more comfortable, to learn more before you go and try to climb Mount Everest. It's the same thing with these small financial habits and these small financial wins is seeing progress, building your financial resilience, understanding and learning how you operate with money, you know, your pitfalls, your wins, your, uh, you know, your perspective around money. And that's how you can start to build a better relationship, uh, you know, in, in right. total is through these small, small habits. It's just like any relationship, right? It's like, hopefully you're not marrying somebody you just met like <laughs> three hours ago, right? I don't think most people, unless Te- you're on like a yeah, right. reality <laughs> show, that's not, that's not your life, right? You're building trust with that person. You're getting to know that person. You're actively building a relationship. And it's the same thing with any habit, including money. It's, it's you know, how do you learn more? How do you grow? How do you establish yourself? Um, and, you know, we do this to, again, see progress and keep ourselves motivated. We, sh- we can't climb Mount Everest on the first try, so we're, we're not going to do that with our money. It takes these small steps in order to feel more confident, in order to build that financial foundation. Yeah, I, I really love that. And I think it's, I think, it, like you said, it's so important to talk about the why, because I think if we can root in the why we do things, just like you're talking about, whether it's journaling or meditating, you know, wh- why am right. I doing it? then I think that really helps shift things. And visualize what your life looks like when you have your financial shit together. Like, what does that look like? Cool, you're not losing sleep at night because you're not worried about where, where, you know, your next paycheck's coming from. You know that if you were to get let go tomorrow, you have an emergency fund taken care of, right? You are not indebted to anybody or, you know, indebted to, let's say, like a huge credit card company, Literally visualize how you feel, what your day looks like, how your life is different if you feel confident about your money, if you are controlling your money rather than your money controlling you. And I can I can say, especially in the last year, now owning my own business uh, full-time, 
you know, having, making more money than I ever have before, being able to hire people on my team, being able to have more financial agency than I've ever had, I am a vastly more confident person. And I was a very confident person before. And I'm even more so because I am not, I'm not, you know, I'm responsible for myself and I am not indebted to anybody else. I'm not reliant on anybody else. And it can be terrifying sometimes, but it's also extremely freeing. It's absolutely amazing to know that I am in complete control of my money. I'm in complete control of, you know, situations I'm in. I can leave situations that are toxic to me because I have money in the bank. I can, you know, uh, hi- I can hire people. I can I can take my friends out to dinner and and pay for them. Uh, and that's that's really the the coolest thing in my own life that I've seen is is getting my financial shit together. Having a financial foundation has meant that. My confidence has grown. It's meant that I get to take care of the people that are around me. I get to build my business in the way that I want. And so, you know, if if you're somebody that is really motivated by, you know, what your life could look like, get really specific. Like visualize what your life looks like and use that as your motivating factor in in bettering your money. Yeah, I mean, I, I can put an exclamation on the visualization piece. I always say it's the vision then that roots your money. It tells your money mm-hmm. where to go and what to do. And that really uh, directs you in a, in a positive way. And your vision can change over time. That's cool. We're all going to, we're all going to change our vision, right. but you got to have something that you can attach to. And it's got to be, I would say it's got to be out from your head, not just sit swirling around in kind of your monkey mind, but write it down or put it on a piece of paper or mm-hmm. do whatever you need to do to be able to see this vision. And that is just such a powerful step. And I, I've always loved your, you know, you're very passionate about this, which I think is so amazing and fantastic. And obviously very passionate about helping women change the money situation of this country, uh, I mean, around the world. What motivates you every day? Like, wh- where did this passion really ignite from? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, if you would have asked me five years ago what I would be doing with my life, I would not have answered this. That's the funny thing is I majored in communications and theater in college. Like I did not major in finance. I didn't even major in business technically. Uh, So I, you know, this was not the, speaking of like plans, this was not the plan for my life. I wanted to be like a VP of marketing in a corporate environment by 30. And then I got into corporate and within two weeks I was like, oh, I have to ask to go on vacation. Uh, what is that? Like, no, it was like, I know that sounds so obvious, but I was like, oh, okay. I have to, you know, report yeah. to people I don't respect and make somebody else rich who is, you know, an openly misogynistic person towards me. This is not ideal. I'm not a fan of this. And I realized very quickly that that's not, that's not what I wanted. Um, and I graduated college in 2016 came to adulthood and womanhood in in Donald Trump's America and just realized that uh, I was the friend all my friends were coming to for advice and guidance and that there was a significant gap in the education and in the, uh, you know, discussion of money amongst women and that it was our best tool of protest, of bridging the inequality gap, uh, especially in in yeah, this this crazy America that we lived in for the past four years. Um, and something, of course, that was building even before then. And so when I discovered just, you know, reading more about, you know, the the wealth gap and the wage gap and the the investing gap for women and for women of color even worse, 
it was just so apparent to me that I had a privilege of a financial education for my parents and I had a responsibility with that privilege. I had a responsibility to start having these conversations. I had a responsibility to create a community that, you know, felt, uh, felt open and honest and transparent and non-judgmental yeah. about money. And what motivates me now is really, I, yeah, I, I get up every day and I have messages in my inbox from women all across the world now, not even just America, all across the world of women who are gaining financial agency and the power it is having. Um, and that is just my favorite thing in the world uh, because I feel it in my own life. I know the, what financial agency has meant for me personally. And if I can give the path and the gift of that to every single woman or every single woman, or if I can help her get there, if I can guide her along that path, I mean, that's, that's my life's work. This is my life's work. Um, and it's just, it's my favorite thing to do. And I believe I was put on this earth to, to fight for women's financial rights. Well, fight on. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I love your passion again. And I think everything you're doing is so fantastic that it needs all of our voices out there to share all of these messages. People resonate to different people and we all need to be standing up and talking about this because I feel the same way you do. If Even if you know the basics around financial literacy, the power that that has in your life and not only your life, but other people's lives is right. um, something that just can't be measured. So I, I want to, we've talked about so much. I, I want to leave the listeners with something actionable. So we talked about this idea of of a daily win. What could be a, a daily money win that somebody could do today? Oh, I have like, I'll give you like five. All right. Um, one, calculate your net worth, your assets minus your liabilities, right? It's everything you have saved or your house, your car, right? Everything that is an asset to you minus basically your debt. That's your liability. That is like your barometer of financial health, right? That is the, that is your barometer of how well you're doing financially, right? It's a really quick check-in. Um, I don't know if you use personal capital, but that's a tool that I like that's completely free that can help you track your net worth. So um, you can also just do this on pen and paper. So that's my first tip is just calculate your net worth, see how you're doing. Two, I mentioned this earlier, name your savings accounts. Like you can literally go into your account instead of 24601, you can literally name it you know, when shit hits the fan or Croatian <laughs> vacation 2023, right? You can literally name it. You're after your goal. So psychologically, you're less likely to take money from it because it's like, it's kind of like a test every time. Oh, okay. I need $20. Do you really, do you want to take $20 away from your Croatian vacation? Right? So it's a good, it's a good psychological kind of uh, checkpoint just to see Okay, do you really need this money? Um, and it's a way to continue to incentivize you to save money because you have a specific goal attached to it. The third is, you know, when you're going to the grocery store, download an app like coupons.com or some way that you can save money on things that you're buying every day. Um, and what I like about coupons.com in particular is it actually pairs with your store rewards card. So you kind of get the benefits of both, you know, like I shop at Safeway, I get the benefits of my Safeway card plus the coupons on top of that. So find an app that that makes sense in your life that can give you those those quick you know wins, even if it's just a couple dollars. Because again, we're building those financial habits over time. Um, let's see. Number four, make sure you have a high yield savings account. Make sure that your emergency fund, the money again, maybe you're saving for your Croatian vacation. Make sure that money is in a high yield savings account. It's 25 to sometimes 50 times more in interest for you to be in a high yield savings account with 
really no catch. Um, a lot of people just continually use their national bank or even their local bank. And on average, that's going to get you 0.01% in interest, which is like pennies on the dollar. So you can sign up for a high yield savings account uh, and get immediately more money without you having to do anything in addition. Uh, and I would say the fifth thing is, um, you know, maybe do the practice that I just that we just talked about, about visualization, maybe journal and write that down, or maybe make a vision board. Um, you know, that might take you a little bit more time, but it should be a really, hopefully a fun activity and one that's motivating. Um, you know, write down, what does your life look like if you're financially stable? Or, you know, make make a make a Pinterest board or maybe make a vision board of what does your life look like now that you're financially stable? How are your decisions different? What does your day-to-day look like that's different? So getting really clear on that can help motivate you towards your goals and help motivate you to, you know, start with these these small financial wins. All right. So that's five steps, everybody. You got to do those five steps. <laughs> <laughs> and I would say don't do them all at once. Like take some, leave some. Don't feel like you have to do all of them. Maybe take one a day for a couple of days or maybe even one a week. Uh, don't overwhelm yourself before you even get take started. Take a little breather. Yeah. Well, Tori, yeah. this has been so great. I would love for you to tell the listeners where they can go to find you all the places and connect with you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. You've been such a huge support of my work, so I really appreciate it. Um, I'm Tori. I run Her First 100K, H-E-R-F-I-R-S-T 100K. I'm at Her First 100K or Her First 100K.com. Um, and pretty much every resource, actually, that I've recommended between high-yield savings accounts, net worth trackers, you know, coupons, all of that is actually linked on my website, too. So, um, I can give you the link for the show notes as well. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for having me on. I started this practice myself over the last year, and I would really encourage you to try it too. Name one thing you can do today and then tomorrow and so on and so forth with each day where you can really win the day. Maybe it's looking at your credit score or transferring some cash to a savings account or even just looking at where you spent money last week. It doesn't have to be anything hard, but just something that you really can give you a win, that you can feel like you're checking off a list and making progress. So as Tori says, it really does lift your mood, your mindset, and works to build these super awesome money habits. So if you enjoyed this episode, do me a favor, share it with friends, with family members, anyone who you think will take some value away from listening to Tori and her amazing actionable tips around building small financial habits. I'll see you back here in a few days for a new episode. Hey, you. Yes, you. Before you go, we want to say thanks for listening to this episode of Millennial Money. For all the links, tags, and ads you've heard on today's episode, check out the show notes or go to mmoneypodcast.com, where you'll find more episodes to share with your friends. While you're at it, leave us a review. And make sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you don't miss out on all the money tips and tricks that will take you from a millennial regular to a millennial money expert. See you back here in a few days with a fresh new episode.